Good morning once again, and thank you for being here. Thanks be to God for that scripture, for Chris, and for all of you. Um, we're going to start our sermon today with a little clip from that great spiritual text some of you may be familiar with, Talladega Nights, The Ballad of Ricky Bobby. <laughs> um, if you have not seen that movie before, it's a Will Ferrell comedy, but I think it has a lot of insight into our topic for the day, so we're going to watch three minutes. I'm pretty sure that I correctly identified the clean edited YouTube version, but if your ears or heart are sensitive and I made a mistake, my apologies, <laughs> but I think we're good. There's a lot that we could theologically unpack from that clip. Uh, whether God wants us to win races, whether God would invite sponsored graces. Um, but what is of interest to me in this is this idea of how we pick who we pray to and why. What version of God, what vision of God, what picture and what name. It's Lent this season, uh, Ash Wednesday kicked off this 40-day plus the weekends, uh, plus the Sundays, season where we prepare our hearts for Easter, where we prepare ourselves for spiritual growth and reflection. Lent is traditionally a season of real inward turning, of real investigation of our souls and where they're at and what's happening. And for us at Urban Village, it's going to mean all Lent we are thinking about prayer. What is prayer? What is it in your life? What is it in our life? 
how might we do prayer well? How might we do prayer in a way that enriches and changes and shapes us? And so to do that, we're going to be following one of the most ancient and classic prayers, the gathering prayer or the collect, and going through each little piece of it to see how each little piece of this one traditional prayer might change all of the prayer of our lives. And so we're starting with the beginning, which is what do we call God when we talk to her? <laughs> what is the name that we use at the beginning? Many of you may have grown up with one specific name for God that was used over and over and over again in the prayers that you heard, right? That maybe every single time somebody from church prayed, it was our Father God, who, right? Every time. Others may have grown up with uh, <laughs> lengthy and extended visions. God of grace and mercy. God who heals us all. God who is in the peace and the shalom of the kingdom, where it sort of feels like you're invoking a Dothraki princess as much as you're invoking God into the prayer life, right? right? There's all these titles and all these words. Um, both of those are great ways to call upon God. Both of those are true. But it matters what names we use, because the names that we use for God end up forming us in who we are. I think it's not an accident, if any of you have seen this whole movie, this whole uh, Talladega Nights movie, that Will Ferrell's character, who's so attached to baby Jesus, right, to infant Jesus, is not the most mature person or Christian to ever uh, cross the earth. <laughs> He's a little emotionally immature in the way that he uh, enters into his relationships with others. He likes things to be very simple. It prevents him from understanding his own circumstances and the circumstances of others. And the way that he forms himself by just thinking about a little simple baby who loves him and expects nothing, I think has consequence, right? On what he thinks his faith demands of him, on what he thinks is going on here. His best friend Cal is a little bit of a magical thinker, isn't necessarily super connected to reality, is goofy and gifted and fun to be around. Um, and you can see that in the way that he wants to envision who Jesus is, right? Like angel bands and eagle's wings and tuxedo shirts, that he has this gift of imagination, but it also can lead him to flights of fancy that maybe take him away from the main thread. What we call God, who we call Jesus, who we call upon when we pray, ends up shaping a lot of how we think about other people and how we think about ourselves, because the options are endless. I have a list here, because I knew I would miss some if I didn't uh, bring one up, of different things that God has called just in the Bible, right? Let's go through it. <clears throat> some of the classics, El or Eloah, mighty, strong, um, and that's the singular form. But then God is also called Elohim, which is the plural form of mighty and strong. Uh, between those two, and then God calling God's self Sophia Wisdom throughout the Hebrew Bible, God does refer to God's self as he, she, and they, if anybody ever has a problem with you. So if God uses all the pronouns, so can we. <laughs> and also it might be helpful to us to envision a little bit of that in our prayer life. God is El Shaddai, the Almighty, right? A lot of focus on God's power. God is also Yahweh Jira, the Lord who provides, someone who in times of need and want is there for us. God is also Yahweh and Kadesh, the Lord who sanctifies things and makes things holy, makes things pure, changes them, transforms them. Also, shalom, our peace. These are just a small slice of the names that are officially used for God in worship texts throughout the beginning of the Bible, and they're joined by dozens and dozens more if we start to think about the metaphors that God uses for God's self, as well as the titles that are put upon Jesus. There we start to get to Shepherd, 
as who God is, also sheep as who God is. We get to um, one of my favorite metaphors that God uses for God's self in the Bible is as a brooding chicken watching over her little chicks on a nest. That's one of the ways that God says God is. God says that God is sometimes like a jealous husband. God says that God is sometimes like a river of righteousness and a river of justice. God is all the things. And this is what gets tricky about what we use as a name for God, how we name God, how we invoke God, is that because God is the creator of all things, because God is the maker of the universe and is present, God's image is present in each one of us as people, and God's nature is present in everything that God has made, almost anything is something that you could call God or godly. Any attribute, any person, any visual image, all of it relates to God in some way. There's really not an inaccurate answer. And at the same time, all of the answers are insufficient. All of the things we could call God are only the tiniest, smallest slice of who God is. Because God is so much bigger than we could ever understand. God is so different from us in nature. God is the one who does bring together all the things, bear all the things, who is all the things. Unless we use the name that God gives God's self in this story with Moses, I am what I am, right? I am who I am. There's really no way to get the fullness of what God is except that name. But here's the problem. If we only ever use, oh great, I am, or oh God, if we pick one word, and use that all the time because we don't want to limit who God is. We don't want to only think about one slice of who God is. We don't want to think about only one attribute of who God is. It can get a little clinical, right? Part of the point of prayer is to create intimacy with God, to feel like God is a family and a friend and trustworthy and reliable. And for most of us, having just one name that emphasizes how different God is from us how much bigger and more complex than we could ever understand is important as a part of the spiritual life, but if it's all we ever do, it, it limits that intimacy that we're searching for. It limits that sense of friendship that we're searching for. So we wanna use some of these other names that we are offered. God the merciful one, God the healer. In times when I have a cold or a flu, I call upon the name of Jesus that is great physician, right? In times when I am um, struggling in my parenting, I call upon the God who said that she was a mother chicken, right? Who said that um, he was a father who loves us. In times when I don't feel very brave, I call upon the God of power and might. In times when I feel like I need to be more aware of my behavior, I call upon the God of justice and kindness and righteousness. It's important to have all of these different ways that we see and know God present on our lips and in our hearts and in our minds because we need them, but also because if we only ever stick with one, if we get stuck with just one way of talking about who God is, of just one way of thinking about who God is, it tends to limit our whole vision of who we are and who other people are too. Whatever the one attribute of God is that you kind of stick to, you start to think that that's the only thing that matters. <laughs> what we name has become, is, is what's real in some sense or another. Um, and so we can get smaller if we don't challenge ourselves 
to use names that we haven't used before, to look at visual images of what God or Jesus looked like that we haven't looked at before, to expand our notion of all of the things that God is doing in the world. Many of you know that on Friday, um, we had uh, in the church community a funeral where we had lost uh, Lex Jiyoung-byun, a really beautiful and wonderful member of our community. And that was a hard day. <laughs> Funerals are hard, and loss is hard, and death is hard. Um, but it, it occurred to me as we were doing it how important those times are in the life of the church, in the, in the life of us, when we come together to remember those who've gone on, to remember the dead, and that what a good funeral is, most often, is naming a person, right? Naming, like, this is who we knew. This is what we've lost. This is what was true about them. This is what was great about them. This is what drove me a little bit bananas about them, <laughs> right? That, that we take time to come together as a community and just focus on someone and on naming them truly so that we can really miss and really honor all that they were in the world and all that God made them to be. And that's not just true of funerals, I think that's true of the most important moments of ritual life uh, in the church. That's what we do in baptisms, right? <laughs> is we both name that this is a child of God, but also a particular child of God. This is their name, and we name them again, right? Jane or Shantae or whatever their name is. We name you and we say that you are God's beloved child, as God once called Jesus God's beloved child. We name them in their particularity, in their fullness, in who they have been made to be. And it's also what we do in weddings, if they're good weddings, if they're um, weddings where we're coming to them with the right instincts and <laughs> uh, motivations, I think, is that we are celebrating two people who have learned how to name and see and validate each other in the fullness of who they are. Um, one thing that, that was true about the wedding that we did this morning is that it was a wedding of two men um, who love each other and are committed to each other and are going to have a ministry that I believe is going to be a marriage, uh, uh, going to have a marriage that is going to be a ministry to the world. Everything about their love makes them both better as people of faith and as people. And I was thinking about how there are people in the world um, who don't or refuse to see that about their love, who don't or refuse to see that about their wedding and about the weddings of many other folks in our community. Um, and I wonder, <laughs> there are so many reasons why people can't see the extraordinary gifts um, uh, of gay and bisexual and lesbian relationships, but I think one of them is the limited way in which some folks in their communities have been naming God. That they've spent their whole life invoking the God of rules and forgot to ever invoke the God of creation and wonder and surprise. That they spent their whole life in their prayers naming the God who holds us to account and they forgot to name the God of love who has loosened us from all binding and freed us to live into the greatness of what God has to offer. <laughs> there are parts of who God is that they have not named, that they have forgotten, and so then they can't name those wondrous things in the people around them because their vision is too limited <laughs> and we have become too afraid. 
if all of these moments of our life, these ritual moments of our life, have something to do with being named in the eyes of God, how important must it be that we intentionally name God when we pray, rather than unthinkingly just saying whatever has come before us, rather than just repeating whatever it was that was the first prayer that was said in front of us when we were two or 22 or 52. I want us to intentionally start to name all of the parts of who God is. They are endless. There's uh, a really interesting comic book that some of you might appreciate by a Muslim comic book artist, actually. Uh, in the Quran, there are 99 attributes of God that God is named by. Uh, depending on the list, we have a couple more, a couple less. But a lot of the attributes are the same, right? Justice, healing. And in the comic book, each one of those attributes is a superhero, right? There's like a healing superhero and a justice superhero, and they all go around kind of changing the world and transforming the world in the name of God. And uh, most of us are leaving a couple of those off of our list, either because they scare us or because that attribute of God has been used to freak us out before or because we simply don't know what that attribute of God means. Most of us are leaving some of God's nature off the table whenever we reach out to God and whenever we pray to God. And I'd encourage us to be brave about knowing that God, as big as God is, loves us and adores us, and we can start to name all of the parts of God when we pray alone and when we pray together. So if you always pray to God of grace and mercy, try starting a prayer, God of justice and might and see what new prayers come to you. If you always pray to Jesus the healer, try praying to uh, Jesus the teacher and see what new thing jumps out of your heart. If you always pray to infant Jesus, try bearded Jesus and the other way around. <laughs> Whoever it is that you envision. If you always pray to Sophia or to Mother Hen, try a father. If you always pray to a brother, try a child. Whatever it is that you name God as now, know that that is probably true. And so are a bunch of other things. So let's be intentional in how we're inviting God into our life, that we might be intentional in living into more of who God is in the life of the world. Amen? <laughs>